0: You may have a seat. Our scripture reading today, our focus of our message, is found in the book of Revelation, chapter 21.
1: Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband, Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son.
0: Thank you, Carol. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you today. You know, Advent uh, is the beginning of the church year, so Happy New Year to all of you as we prepare again for Christ and His birth. You know, But the word Advent means coming, and there's three different comings that we remember. We remember the fact that Jesus came already as a baby at Bethlehem. He comes to us today and every day through His grace and His Word, and He promises then to come again. During the Advent season, our focus is often upward. We lift up our eyes, and what do we see? Well, we see decorations going up all over in our communities and, and in our homes. We lift up our eyes and, and, and our attitudes as we have a special joy in our step. Uh, there's, there's just something about that's festive about the uh, Advent and the Christmas season. We lift out our wallets and we offer our credit cards for things maybe that we can't afford. It's a time of being lifted up, isn't it? (laughs) Speaking of lifting up your eyes, uh, many of you drive downtown. There's hundreds and thousands of people from the north side here, whether it's jobs or things that you enjoy in downtown Indianapolis. I know as pastors we drive downtown to go to the hospitals once in a while. And I'm always curious as to... What's the best way to get downtown? And there's a, a variety of opinions. Uh, some people claim that the city streets, like Meridian or Keystone to Fall Creek, or if you live further east to Allisonville uh, to Benford to to Fall Creek, you know uh, that's the best way. But others of you say, Nah, no, nah, I just zip around 465. It's it depends on the time of day. That can be an easier drive. But whichever way you go, you have to go through some of the more difficult areas of the Indianapolis metro. You go, if you take the city streets, you pass through areas that are, that are all boarded up, the homes, and there's vacant lots. You, you run over a bunch of potholes too, I have to tell you. Uh, you. There's cars that are parked on the side that no longer run and that are kind of rusting out. You go through areas where you had seen the night before on the news someone had been murdered or shot. Yeah, you can take the interstate and you can kind of avoid all that, but even if you look closely there, you see some of the difficult, challenging issues that we face as as a metropolitan area. But, you know, as you're driving there, it's possible that you can kind of become unaware of all that stuff. In fact, you can drive right through all of those problems, and to help you to do so, we've got messages that are floating up in the sky. You can lift up your eyes and you can see advertisements. Eternity in the distance by Calvin Klein. <laughs> a brand new Lexus with a red bow on it. Further down the street you can see an advertisement for an attorney next time you have an accident, okay? And it goes on and on and on. It's possible for you to just kind of miss all of that stuff, all of the bad things and drive through all of people's problems you know advent is very much a time of introspection it's a time for me it's a time when i have to get things ready for my house it's a time when when i need to get the right present for the right person it's a time when I have to buy the groceries for the family gathering, and we become very self-focused, if we are honest, during the Advent season, and it's possible, just like those who drive down town a lot, to kind of just go through the mess of life and just kind of ignore all of the problems. Well, today on this first weekend in Advent, our thoughts are turned upward, just like a Christmas tree pointing heavenward, and God gives us a vision of what it's going to be like when He comes again. As we mentioned, part of the Advent preparation is to prepare for Jesus to come at the end of time, not just as a little baby. He's coming again. And so as we lift up our attitudes, we see that God can call us to get beyond this self-centered me, 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 me focus. Get beyond this attitude that says, God, at this time of years, only for what I want and my pleasures and what what I think needs to be done. Our vision of heaven is given to us in the book of Revelation. We don't often preach about Revelation. It has a lot of symbolical language that is difficult to decipher. But in this vision, in Revelation chapter 21, our eyes are lifted up. And what do we see? We see what's called the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, it says. That's the the believers in Christ. And we see this upward look, and as we see, it says that, that the church, the believers in Christ, are adorned as a beautiful bride waiting for her groom. One of the privileges that I have as a pastor is to officiate at weddings. And uh, oftentimes, uh, the weddings in the sanctuary, there's the center aisle there, and uh, you see the, the wedding party come in, and there's beautiful music, and the doors open up, and here's this beautiful bride dressed in clothes that she will probably never wear ever again. By the way, they're not cheap. I've had two
1: daughters.
0: (laughs) And there she comes down with the dad on her arm, and everybody stands up and honors this beautiful bride. And it's probably one of the most emotional things that, that we as fathers face, I know. And many of you get choked up at weddings too when you see this beautiful scene of the bride coming down the aisle coming forward to meet the groom. And that's the picture then that God gives to us in this upward view on this first weekend of Advent, that that, that God is, is, Jesus is the groom. We are the bride. It's a beautiful picture of the relationship, the intimacy that we have with Christ. It's the last vision of John. It's toward the end of the book of Revelation. He's already seen the seraphim angels, the saints, the victorious lamb. He's already uh, seen the demonic hosts gathered in the depths of hell. He's already experienced Armageddon and the judgment of the human race. But now he looks up and he sees the new Jerusalem, God's people adorned as this beautiful bride. At the end of this vision, the groom, who is Jesus Christ, says to his bride, that's us, the church, he says, "'Behold, I am coming soon.'" And John, what can he do? The Apostle John, at the end of this vision, all he can do is fall down on his knees and his face in awe and reverence and say, "'Amen, yes, Lord, come, Lord Jesus, come.'" And that's been the cry of the church during the Advent season. Through the ages, our liturgy, like we did in our response, Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And we're not just talking about the baby in the manger. We're talking about Jesus and all of His glory coming to judge the living and the dead. And for us, it's not a doctrine of fear. It's a doctrine of comfort that Jesus is coming for us, His bride, that we will be with Him. We look forward to that time. And what's it going to be like in this vision? It says, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. All the sinfulness of the, old, of the world will have passed away and everything will be made new. What a wonderful reality that will be one day. And we look forward to it. And that's why we say too, along with, with the, the Christians throughout the ages, come Lord Jesus, come, amen this reality of heaven, this view of Jesus as the, as the groom and we are the bride, that may not be consummated in our lifetime. Jesus may not come when we are living, and we, it might not be until we finally pass through that gate called death that we enter with the Lord into glory. But in the meantime, Scripture says we need to be ready. We need to have our eyes open. And as we As we are ready with our eyes open, we we prepare for that time when we are with Jesus as His bride. But as we wait, is there anything that we should be doing in the meantime? Is there anything that as His beautifully adorned bride that we should be practicing and saying and being involved in as we wait? Do we really know who we are anyway? I think it starts with that. Do we know who we are as the bride of Christ? One time there was a a man whose mother had, had to be taken and was a resident at a memory care facility. Her dementia had gotten to the point where she could no longer stay in her own apartment, her own home, and she had to go into one of these skilled care facilities. And so every Saturday, as was his custom, he would go to see his mother. Well, one Saturday while he was there, trying to have a conversation with his mother, uh, something peculiar happened. He heard all this commotion out in, in the hallway, and so he, he ran out to see what was going on because there was giggling and laughing, and there was, there was, there was hand slapping, and there was, there, was, there was all this stuff going on. The, the place had come alive. Well, what had taken place is a bride and a groom right after their wedding at the church on their way to the reception stopped at this skilled care facility to see the bride's grandmother who could no longer be able to come to the church service or to the reception. And so they stopped to see and to show themselves to to their grandmother and... What, what a joy that was. All the smiles, all the laughter, all the congratulations and the hugs and the kisses. And so the son who saw this out in the hallway then went back to his mother. Up until this time, it had been a one-sided conversation because mom just kind of sat there. Yeah, she, when she talked, she said the same thing over and over again. But when he explained what had happened the bride and the groom out there to see the grandmother, all of a sudden her mind got clear. All of a sudden she was recalling her wedding day back in World War II where she got married in the pastor's living room because the next day her husband had to leave for war in Europe. And she was recalling exactly what she wore and what time the wedding was. She then told them where they went to eat after the wedding. She could recall the very hotel that they stayed in on their wedding night. And all these details all of a sudden come back because she remembered who she was as a bride. In order for us to have this upward view during this Advent season and to get beyond me, beyond ourselves and our own focus, we need to know who we are as the bride of Christ. By God's grace... God enables us as His bride to take our eyes off of ourselves that by His death and His resurrection, we are redeemed. We are His workmanship created for good works that God calls us to get beyond ourselves so that we can be more and more like the groom who is Jesus. You know, one thing is certain. You cannot make yourself a bride. The only way a person can become a bride is because someone loves you. And someone promises to be with you for the rest of your life, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish. The groom promises to forsake all others and be faithful to his bride. Well, our encounter with John's vision as we lift up our eyes in Revelation here is not just about the bride, that's us, the church. But it's also about the bridegroom and the intimacy that we have with Jesus. It's a description of, how, of, of, of this relationship that we have with Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, that He adopts us, that He makes us His own in our baptism, that He nourishes our faith, that we call upon Him at any time, that we have the assurance that we are His people and nothing can separate us from Him and His love. In fact, in verse 3, it's the Father speaking from the throne that says these words, Now the dwelling of God is with His people. That certainly will be true at the end of time, but it's also true now. In fact, that's the way John describes the Christmas scene in John chapter 1. That's how he describes what happened, how the Word became flesh, that's Jesus, and made His dwelling among us full of grace and truth. And now we have beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son. As we prepare for Christmas, we remember how Christ has made His dwelling among us. Yes, way back in Bethlehem, but also today. And how God, in His grace, how He gets wrapped up in the lives of His people, you and me, for better or for worse. That's what the groom says about you and for me and although we often go our own ways although during this advent season life gets so much about me and although we turn god into a self-serving god for us the amazing thing is is that god still loves us he still loves you and he comes to be your savior to live a life a sinless life that you couldn't live and then to go to the cross to die for our sins You know, that murder of the cross is the bottom line of the mystery of the marriage that we have with Christ. You are a bride, drop-dead gorgeous, all because Christ died for you. Nothing you could ever do could make you into Christ's bride, but everything that He's done for you, His love, His life, His death, His resurrection, it's all for you. And so now we stand there, beautifully adorned, not in our own clothing, but in the righteousness of God, glorious in grace. Now, in our lifetimes, we may not see that happen. We may not see Christ return. We may not see the glory of heaven happen instantaneously like that. But this encounter with John's vision asks us to keep looking up, to keep seeing and knowing who we are as the bride of Christ. And that happens right today already. We don't have to wait till the end of time, we don't have to wait till we die. As we are in the world, we are called to be sent as his people, as the bride, reflecting the grace of the groom, called to places where we serve, where we love. For we are generous in the name of Jesus. Where do we see the bride of Christ serving? A pastor describes the time when he saw it. One time he was visiting one of his elderly parishioners. It was a woman and she was older and she had already slipped into a coma and was very near death. The family had called him to see this lady and to pray with her one more time. The pastor got there and he saw something unusual because laying beside this unresponsive woman was the lady's daughter. And the daughter had pulled aside the covers and was anointing and and rubbing into this woman's flesh and her skin some very expensive lotion. That's when uh, she looked with a mischievous look at the pastor and said, don't tell my kids about this, please, pastor. And he said, well, what do you mean? said, this lotion was given to me on Mother's Day by my kids because they knew I would never spend that much on myself. But I think I want to put it on my mom. And so starting with her feet, she was rubbing this, this sweet-smelling lotion, and it. It, it, the smell filled the whole, the whole room, the whole hospital room. The woman didn't know what was going on, the older woman, her mother. She, she was unresponsive. But the pastor says, that's I saw the Bride of Christ there at work. I saw this, this daughter caring for her mother in a way that was unselfish. She wouldn't get anything back in return, but she was doing it because of love. Friends, I know this is a busy, hectic time. You've got so many things on your plate. And it's easy to kind of just kind of put it on cruise control and drive through all the problems and the issues that are around you. But Jesus is there for you, your bride. You are the bride. He's the groom. And that relationship is so important. And one of the things that the groom says to the bride, he says, behold, I am making all things new. Now, when does that newness start? It starts today that Christ is in your heart and in your life making you new, taking away your sins by His life and His death and His resurrection so that you have this kind of relationship that just doesn't focus on yourself, but it reaches out in love and service to others. So may God lift up your eyes this Advent season to behold His grace and to behold the needs of others. Amen? Amen. God bless you all.